Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Halo's Heaven Radio. My name is Rick Sodras, and I am joined today, fresh back from the UK, by Jeffrey Tan. Say hi, hey. Jeffrey. Hi. It's great to be back with my good friend, Rick. It's nice to have you back, Jeffrey. Thank you. Um, it would have been nice also to have Jessica and Rahul, but they're a little busy at the moment, so. <laughs> a little. Happy birthday, by the way, Rahul. And so, today we're going to be talking about the past week, maybe even a little bit before that since we skipped last week's, and we'll also be reviewing the, uh, previewing the upcoming week. Um, let's just jump right into it. You ready to go, Jeffrey? Let's go. All right, so let's probably start with the pitchers. Now, on the good end, I think that we both wanted to talk about Taylor Cole a little bit. You want to go ahead and start? Yeah, Taylor Cole's been someone who's been pitching multiple innings. Um, effectively this past week he went 5.1 innings allowing zero runs and only four hits with no walks and this is because i bring this up specifically because rick earlier in the year mentioned that taylor cole cannot pitch second innings at all like if he if he walks out of the dugout after completing an inning he blows up and this week it was perfect what do you have to say rick well I'm going to go ahead and say that I can't really tell from this exactly how many extra innings. Well, actually, I guess he pitched, what, two innings and then 3.1? Yes. And one was in, one was to start a game as an opener the for two, Felix. There was two innings when he started the game, and the other one he just kind of was left. He, he was very efficient, that 3.1 inning game. Uh, he gave up, I think he only pitched 32 pitches or something and got 10 outs. And if I'm not mistaken, these numbers actually don't show the uh, no-hitter that he was a part of as well. Right, because that was last Friday. So that was also another two scoreless innings. So his last seven innings have been clean. Well, I will say this of him. Um, I definitely was not a fan of it earlier in the season, especially when he was struggling big time. But um, what other options do we have, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, he's... <laughs> probably a top five pitcher on this team which is weird because he was in triple a for the majority of the season yeah well that's that's not really good news necessarily it's kind of <laughs> i mean if he's effective but yeah what i see is that he's he's able to keep hitters off balance and granted it was the mariners for most of it so it is easy to keep the mariners off balance unless you're maria and you throw fastballs right down the middle but uh he did he did put up some good numbers against the Astros as well. So that was that was pretty impressive. Looking forward to see what he can do um, the rest of the year. Although the top four in the bullpen seem to be set with Robles, Buttry, Anderson, and Drosian. We do need other guys. Yeah, and I I do think it's pretty fair to say, though, that we've, we've pretty much all liked Taylor Cole. I think most fans have, actually, since the start of last season. Um, he's just pretty much been consistent for us. He had a rough patch earlier this season, but he's really come back and um, started firing bullets, and you really want to see that from him. So it's it's been it's been really good, and we definitely need a long reliever type because Cahill just isn't cutting it, of course. But <laughs> yeah, and it's also good to it's also interesting to note that he is now one of Osmus's uh, two preferred openers with him between him and Noe Ramirez because mm -hmm. we want to keep those four guys the key pieces of the bullpen in the bullpen so not using him in the first inning and because the other guy Luis Garcia is disaster and we don't want him opening games at all when it's 0-0 zero, zero, we don't want him we don't want him giving the other team a lead yeah and what's funny is he's actually been pretty good too but uh <laughs> the past week anyway but yeah, yeah in, he's in like seven nothing games I mean it's not hard to <laughs> exactly yeah no you even though there's several guys that had zero ERAs like Bedrosian Garcia Jewel um these are these are uh, and Walsh too. These are guys you just don't want to see. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see them. The guys um, that the guys that did well were the ones that you really don't want coming in. Even Cahill had a three point six ERA on the week with five innings pitched. But yeah, you you definitely don't want to see him because that basically means the game's over. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other guy that we wanted to mention that did have a scoreless week. Um, it was actually today was Dylan Peters, um, my personal favorite as far as name goes, but. Um, he actually was really awesome today, and I thought that we, uh, we th I thought we would see that after his spring training, when you know he was actually having a lot of outings like this, and I was hopeful that maybe he would make the rotation, and 
be a crucial left-hander for us, or at least a long reliever for us, since we had no other relievers that were left-handers. Um, if he can continue to play like this, or like he has today, I know it's against the Mariners, but, I mean, that was huge for us. Yeah, and you think about the other times he's appeared this year, his last start was also pretty solid, I think, if I throwing out some numbers off the top of my head, maybe six innings, two runs. Uh, this mm-hmm. This performance today was solid. He threw 90 pitches in five innings. He looked like he could have gone a little bit further, but Auspice decided to go to the pen uh, pretty early. But because the rotation depth is so thin, if you check the MLB depth chart right now, it's basically Pena, Canning, and Berea, and that's it because Heaney's injured. <laughs> I think Peters might get another start. He might get a Saturday against the Orioles, and they're a pretty bad team as well, so... If he can put together a nice run of starts, maybe he gets the opportunity to stay in the rotation. He's only 26. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in the future. I hope they don't just um, send him back down again because I really think that he's actually been pretty solid. I thought that all season long. Um, His ERA is now down to the twos, so that's pretty good considering everyone was um, livid when we got him in the first place. So, <laughs> I think that he's I think that he's the kind of pitcher we're going to need going forward even if it's not a uh even if it's not as a starter, you know what I mean? Yeah, he might he might stay in the bullpen. Um and right now it's once Heaney comes back, it's pretty much between him and Suarez, would you say for the last rotation spot? And I kind of like what I see from Peters. I like Suarez too, but I think uh, Peters might might beat Suarez out there. Yeah, I mean, Suarez is definitely someone I want to see in the back end of the rotation later on down the road. He's a little young, and he's definitely working out some kinks right now. Um, He and Canning, actually, are both working out some kinks. But we actually, um, as far as Canning goes, he did have a really bad start early in the week. Really abysmal, actually. He went, what, like two innings or something like that, or if even. He just was very inefficient against the Astros, and he walked four batters in a row. Um, the umpire wasn't helping him out, but he just walked in a run, basically. Yeah. And was pulled after, in the third inning, I think. Yeah, and it's just not, it's not even close to what you want to see from him. Um, with Canning, I said after the start, and I still stand by this even after his second start, that, I mean, he probably should just get sent down to AAA to work on some things. I mean, Canning, I I feel confident he's going to, he's going to be like an absolute, like, beast for us i think like a two or a three down the road i think that fan graphs i think that all the prospect analysts i think they were very low on him because of his solid stuff across the board um but if he can go ahead and get his sequencing down i think it'll be extremely solid for us because he's a high strikeout low walk kind of guy and that one start i don't think is indicative of his actual true talent level but for the past several weeks he had been struggling so I thought maybe there was something wrong with his mechanics or something. And his last start was much better. Was much better. It was uh, yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, it was Saturday against the Mariners. Yeah. Saturday, uh, five innings, two runs. Uh, I th- I know we were talking about this with uh, a couple of the other writers, but if say the Angels had a couple of workhorses, then you have a little bit more leeway. You can send Canning and Suarez down to the minors, let them work out some kinks. But as it stands, even if they need that. They the Angels simply aren't in the aren't in a position to do that right now. Well, the question is, I mean, how much do a, does a workhorse actually cost? Because a workhorse is different than a good starter. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying if I don't say okay, if you removed Canning from the rotation and you put in whoever happened to take his place, J.C. Ramirez or I don't know Parker Bridwell or someone else from AAA. Yikes! I don't. They <laughs> they wouldn't be able to eat innings. They wouldn't be able to be a workhorse like someone like Ricky Nolasco who can last six or seven innings and give up four to five runs. I don't think they'd be able to do that. And the fact of the matter is, we need Canning in the rotation right now, even if he would be better served in AAA. And I think Ricky Nolasco sounds like a godsend right about now. To be honest, yeah, isn't he a free agent? Him <laughs> probably. Honestly, we take James Shield at this. James Shields at this point. Like, unironically, I thought that Ricky Nolasco got a really bad rap. I'm like, four runs in seven innings would be, like, heaven right now. <laughs> yeah, opening day starter. You know, he has a great legacy. Former angel. Very good FIP. I mean, come on, man. Hit, hit him up, Billy. <laughs> you can probably pay him, like, 500000 a year. Less yeah. than league minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Pro-rated, it would be less than that. It would be probably, 
I think, two hundred thousand now, if almost a third of the season. Sounds good. We'll, we'll give him a thousand dollar signing bonus too. <laughs> so, outside of Canning, I mean, for the most part, the entire week was just downright terrible. Um, Matt Harvey was so bad he got DFA'd and then released today. Yeah. Uh, Nothing much to say about Harvey. He yeah. his leash was finally up. Yeah, Pena had a terrible start, and that was against the Astros. But man, they made him look bad. And he's actually been really solid against the Astros for the most part um, with us so far to this point. So seeing that game was really discouraging, and Berea was even worse against the Mariners of all teams. Yeah, this might. Speaking of Pena, this might be an interesting time to talk about the pitch selection. Uh, for him and Suarez that we, we looked a little at the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the fastballs and the sliders and the change-ups, not throwing, throwing too many off-speed pitches in your opinion, right? Yeah, well, I think, that, um, I think that that's the case with Suarez specifically, but I think that Berea um, is the biggest... Well, Berea and Pena are actually the biggest offenders with their sliders because we, we looked at that actual chart, and it showed there were five pitchers on the list... That all that have maximized the use of their sliders um, more than any other pitcher in the entire majors, and the three below Berea and Pena, who are number one and number two respectively, um, we're all having struggling seasons. And Berea and Pena obviously have been terrible this year when they aren't throwing a no hitter. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. Berea hasn't really thrown a no hitter, but not even close. Nope. You know. At the rate they're throwing it, at the rate the Angels are throwing it, which according to Ben Lindbergh um, in the article in The Ringer, I think it was The Ringer, right? Yeah. He mentioned that the Angels are actually, for the first time in history, they're the first team to throw less than 50% fastballs. And one of the biggest uh, part of that is Pena and Berea and all these guys throwing their off-speed more, more. And it allows hitters to sit off-speed rather than hitting the fastball, even if it isn't the best pitch in the world, as something goes crashing to the ground. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I completely agree with that. I mean, I've said the same thing all season long, as you know. I was saying long before they, long before I ever saw that, that chart that uh, Berea was throwing way too many sliders. Um, I love his slider. I think it actually he's... I think that Berea, honestly, is still a good post-prospect. I think that he's better than people give him credit for. I've said that since the preseason, you did too. Yeah, I like him um, a lot. Yeah, I think that, I mean, Berea gets lots of swings and misses. I think the problem is we're just... Wait, what? Yeah, he does. He gets lots of whiffs, but he does not get lots of strikeouts. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Good. Well, which I, means I, I forgot that, about that. Which means that the stuff is there, but the sequencing is not. Because if he's getting all these whiffs, but he can't strike anybody out, what does that tell you? I mean, it tells you that he's not getting the right pitch... As an, out, as an out pitch. Well, with Berea, in my opinion, I think that he's focusing too much on sliders. They're getting used to his best pitch. They're seeing his best pitch too much. And when you see your best pitch too much, it's basically... I mean, they, they're going to have lots of practice. Practice makes perfect. So, yeah, I think, I think that lowering the usage of the slider, making it the out pitch instead of the every pitch, is the best way to go. You can't use a fastball as an out pitch, ever. This might be related to some of the things that Victor and Gooby like to talk about a lot are because the starters aren't being asked to go three times through the order, especially not on the Angels at the least. They can show their entire arsenal to hitters the first time through. And mm-hmm. if they they feel that the sliders and the off-speed and the change-ups are the best pitch, they might be throwing that a little bit more than they otherwise would be in past years. And that might also contribute to hitters recognizing the pitches more and more. Yeah, and I think that that, um, that partially relates again, once again, back to that conversation we had a while back when we talked about how um, it's probably a good idea for most pitchers to start being long relief instead of starters. Yeah. Just because, you know, you want you want a pitcher to see the order maybe one time through, if even. You don't want them seeing the, the whole lineup two, three, four times. The deeper they go, in general, unless you're Justin Verlander, the worse you're going to be. 
Yeah, exactly. And And Verlander's, I mean, Verlander's given up a league-leading 28 home runs, so I know know the contact rate is better than ever against him. He's striking out a crazy number of hitters. His whip's amazing, but I don't know. Maybe hitters are recognizing the pitches and hitting it out. That's probably, I mean, it's probably that, and also, like you said, the balls are juiced. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Everyone everyone knows it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But, I mean, even Verlander's not immune from going multiple times to the order, giving up the homer. So, and one last thing on the on the pitching side, I wanted to mention that um, we also got a new player, Alberto Mejia, mm-hmm. and you wanted to you wanted to talk about him because his results were not very good today. But you were under the impression that um, he had a he has a pretty good showing. Yeah, I, I like I liked his outing. It was basically a walk, two groundouts, a strikeout. Um, the two, the two ground, sorry, not groundouts, grounders. The two grounders managed to sneak through one up the middle, one down the third base line that uh, Fletcher kind of misplayed. But he hit 95 on the Seattle gun, which I think Seattle's gun is one or two miles per hour um, above what you might see at Angel Stadium. Looking at Buttry's numbers, Garcia's numbers, but I mean he has the velocity. He's a left-handed reliever, even though. He was a starter. Maybe he might be better suited to the relief role. And his off-speed didn't look... It didn't hang, basically. And I think... I think that's okay right now for this team. I don't think... I'm not ready to write him off just yet. You were saying also that he gave you uh, serious CC Sabathia vibes. Yeah, the way he holds his the ball close to his body and then unveils it, kind of. And he also is a little bit on the heavier side. That's kind of what I saw from Mejia. I think he'll get a couple more outings um, in low leverage situations to see how he looks. But definitely Osmus was quick on the hook today. He gave up one run and was out of there. Like, snap. The weight was definitely something I noticed too, but... (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, his leash was so short that he didn't finish an inning because Luis Garcia came in to relieve him. How, How short is that? That's crazy short. Well, Garcia did did fairly well today, actually, surprisingly. I mean, yes, but the <laughs> fact that it's Luis Garcia. That's very true. Had he gotten the outs, though, I mean, Luis Garcia wouldn't have come in. But anyway. <laughs> that, that's really cool, Rick. That's really cool. <laughs> By outs, you mean you mean inducing ground balls that may or may not be a fielder's depending on where they're hit, which is out of the I'm, pitcher's control. I'm sure his fielding independent pitching is off the charts. Nah, he walked a dude, so maybe not. <laughs> well, on the hitting side, as far as batters, um, who was your standout batter on the week? My standout batter of the week was definitely Albert Pujols, who had nine hits and 17 at-bats, also walked once, only struck out three times. And that's good enough for a 1.409 OPS. Nine RBIs. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he definitely came through. He got a lot. He had, I think he's actually getting more RBI situations hitting lower in the lineup than right behind Trout, if that that's, makes sense. Because, that does make a lot of sense. Because actually. now we have Trout, we have Otani, <laughs> and Upton, who's not really doing anything. but And even Calhoun's in front of him. And he's getting, he's coming through in situations. He's hitting the ball the other way. He had a home run the other way today. He had a couple balls to the right side. And he convinced Terry Smith that the Mariners were shifting three (laughs) on the right side. I went back and listened to it. This is not a joke. Terry Smith thought that the Mariners were shifting with three infielders on the right side (laughs) when Pujols grounded a ball between short and third. So that was the highlight of my week. Well, I have to agree with you about Pujols batting better lower in the order, and I've actually thought about this for a while now, that, you know, Trout, especially this year, he's hitting home runs at a, well, an illegal pace, and <laughs> and Pujols can't really drive you in if you're never on base. Yeah. You generally don't even want Pujols batting when there's no one on base, because you don't want him to walk and be the guy keeping anyone from scoring on a double. And the numbers do show that he's so much better with runners on than with no one on. Exactly. And so, I mean, Trout's never on first anymore. He's not even walking these days. 
Trout's not walking, and he his singles rate is at an all-time low. I was thinking of uh, doing an article about that, but he's just not hitting singles anymore. He, he's hitting the ball so dang hard, and the ball's flying so dang far that the singles aren't happening. You know Exactly. It, if it's a single, it's basically it has to be scorched right at an outfielder and drop in front of the outfielder. That's how Trout has to – or it's like a, he mishits a ball and it's a grounder. That's the or only way – or it's a it's a mariner and they just kind of like they could catch it but they just kind of don't. Yeah, exactly. Tim Beckham or yeah, Domingo because Santana. Tim Beckham, the shortstop, is playing <laughs> left field or first base. Someone someone decided to do that. Well, Pujols, like I said, I mean he's he's definitely the kind of guy you want batting behind somebody who's getting on base a lot, not necessarily on first but second or third. And I think that his current role, fifth, sixth in the order, I think it's perfect for him. And I've always thought that, but I mean. You can't you can't argue with Sosha and logic. So nope, and people say batting order doesn't matter. So yeah, exactly. Now my standout player for the week um, would be Brian Goodwin. Oh yeah, I thought the Pujols, I mean obviously Pujols' week was awesome, but I wanted to spotlight Goodwin for a second because um, he's he had been struggling for a couple months. Uh, yeah, he had that really really hot start to the season, struggled for a couple months, but then the past like week or so, starting with the Astros ever series, since he's been back from injury. Exactly. Since the Astros series, at least, though, I mean, he's been hitting the ball hard again. He's been getting extra base hits. He had four doubles and a home run in the past week alone. Um, only two RBIs because he's usually been getting on base. Um, and because he's in the low. He's behind pools, so. Exactly. Yeah. Um, of course, he still had seven strikeouts. but Oh, and he also had the triple as well. But, I mean, you definitely want to see this kind of thing. He had an 800 slugging on the week um, with a 350 average. Um we definitely need this kind of thing from him if he's going to be batting more often, especially since, for whatever reason, Upton only bats against lefties, and Goodwin bats against righties. I'm not complaining at this point. Since Upton is better against right-handers than left-handers, it makes no sense. And Upton Brian Goodwin, has a negative win probability added on the year. I I can't. I he hits home runs and it's like nine to zero when he hits home runs. There is no value <laughs> to his stats. No, I'm I'm not looking at his stats ever again. Well, if you if you want to, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I expect. But yeah, I, with with Goodwin batting so much these days, I feel I don't know why, but it feels like they're transitioning Cole Calhoun out. I know Adele probably just got injured today, is what we talked about. Yeah, but um, it feels like Calhoun is on the way out, and so they're trying to get Goodwin more reps, and I hope that he can really take the take this and run with it because we're going to be seeing him a lot so we don't want we don't want to see more of what we saw in like may and june from him yeah, a couple a couple other things in the outfield right there stemming from goodwin uh, upton he i expect him to go on his usual hot streak uh sometime soon and i hope it does help us win games but other than that i'm not really counting on him to do much of anything and he is hitting behind otani so that kind of sucks you know what's hard to watch about Upton? What? What's hard to watch about him is that it seems like he struggles with the same things that Josh Hamilton did. I mean, you throw him that slider on the outside part of the plate, and he'll just swing and miss every time. Yeah. It literally, like, I feel like I'm watching Josh Hamilton all over again. None it's, of, it's pretty hard to watch. None of the foul balls that he hits are really good contact either. It mm-hmm. always seems like he's barely getting a piece of something. So his contact rate, I think, is pretty abysmal. His solid contact rate. I also wanted to mention. Obviously, Otani's been struggling since the break. I don't really want to focus on that. It's yeah. He it's just been a bunch of like you know singles basically. Usual Otani um, stuff. Exactly. And but the one I want to focus on, even though his week kind of sucked um, offensively, was David Fletcher. Um, he. Didn't really do very well on the week. I mean, he still scored four runs for us because he gets on base when we need it. <laughs> but uh, the big thing was that play today. Holy crap. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw him. He, <laughs> I think he leaped over himself. He leapt over himself. Like I mean, he height. has made a ton of awesome plays at third this year. But that, oh my gosh. I did not know the guy that, that short could jump that high. I don't want to say game saver because it was 9-1. to one. Or nine to two, nine to three, nine to three. Yeah, and you know we only had one more out to go, but 
it was pretty awesome. It really was. He literally, it looked like he was a uh, professional, um, what are they called? The jumpers on sprinting? I don't even know what they're called. Hurdles? Yeah. He looked like he was a professional hurdler. Like, his legs went up that high. He was almost doing the splits in the air. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't It wasn't like he was trying to reach as high as he could. It was like he was trying to get over something or get his feet <laughs> exactly. up as high in the air as he could. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, of course, he also had that... Um, that, that crucial single against the uh, Mariners yesterday um, in the ninth inning, which allowed, which set up for Trout's home run. Yeah. The single on a pitch way out of the zone that he somehow managed to get a piece of. I find it really interesting that we managed to go 4-3 and three this week with Fletcher struggling to the tune of a 573 OPS, Trout missing a couple games, and then basically not doing much of anything when he came back the first couple of games and Otani with the 653 OPS and we still managed to win four games so I mean if they turn it on again which they will that's that'll be good I mean that's one way to spin it the other thing is it's really disappointing we only went four and three when we played against the Mariners for three of them and we won the first two games of the Astros series so (laughs) that's that's cool Rick no but in all honesty in all honesty, though, Garrett Cole was an obvious loss from the beginning. Yeah. So we were never going to win that game. Wade Miley is a Soft very solid lefty. left-hander. And um, Mike Leake almost threw a perfect game. So, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got to give credit to the team for not getting perfectoed. Right, because Luis Renjifo got a single on a pitch that had an expected batting average of in the 100s. So props, props <laughs> to the team. <laughs> That, by the way, I also want to mention that Ranjifo, um, he blooped that single. He blooped the single um, yesterday that, in that order Tim to... Tim Beckham couldn't catch. Yeah, that Tim Beckham and uh, Rowanis Elias couldn't catch. Um, and then he blooped that triple today. Like, oh my god, I love watching him just bloop everything around the field. It's like little pop-ups that just keep falling in. So basically what you're <laughs> telling me is that he has a 607 OPS and it should have been a lot worse if not for the Mariners' defense. What I'm saying is, yes. Uh, the 10 strikeouts obviously <laughs> didn't help, but Renjifo has been, I mean, at least he's fast, right? Yeah, and his defense <laughs> is amazing to watch. Just third, short, second. Simmons, I think Simmons had the worst week defensively, which is saying something. He made an yeah, error, he did. a ball under his glove, and I don't want to... He dove for some balls that I thought he should have gotten. Normal shortstops wouldn't have gotten them, but it's Andrew Simmons, so I expected him to get to them, and he didn't. And then Renjifo had a couple nice turns, Fletcher had a couple nice pickups, and the play at the end of Sunday's game. So, by default... Of third, short, and second, Simmons did have the worst defensive week. Yeah, and he also had the worst, well, not the worst, but one of the worst offensive weeks as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so on, the, on the, uh, the front that was in the comment section earlier today on Halo's Heaven, they were talking about trading Andrew and Simmons. I don't know whether they get such a weird idea, um, but it's a little too late for that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if, someone, if only someone had warned us that you know, the value might have been decreasing and it would have been better to unload him during the offseason, but who would have yeah. done that? I mean, when he when he was hot and when, you know, his line was so great and he was also an elite defender, I mean, now we're just stuck with basically, I don't know, Dansby Swanson at short. <laughs> right. Whenever I think of Dansby Swanson, I think of that inning we had against Bartolo Colon in 2017. I do too. Yeah, he like he does that little skip over the ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he turns and then he skips it, and then he just uh, he turns around and fires a non-existent throw to second. I think he made two errors in that inning. That was I think I think he made two errors in like one One fielder's choice. Yeah, 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 because it should have been a double play, but he bobbled it. So, man, that was that was a great game. I, I still remember that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and preview the upcoming week. Um, we're going to have two games against the Dodgers after an off day, and then we're also going to have four games against the Orioles. Uh, what are your opinions on the week? <laughs> I think that the the two games against the Dodgers will be very hard. It's at Dodger Stadium, so no Otani. 
even though time off might be what he needs. And the Pro Bowls are out. It's Maeda versus Pena and Stripling versus Berea. I don't like the look of either of them against the Dodgers offense, and I don't like the look of Maeda or Stripling. So I think it'll be good if we win one of those. But we do have the Dodgers number that always and this year, so maybe we'll pull out two somehow out of a hat. Against the Orioles, I don't think we can beat good teams, so I think we need to beat bad teams, and I won't be happy with anything less than a sweep. That's my opinion. I think that we might come away 4-2 and two as well, but I think that we're going to take three from the Orioles and one maybe from the Dodgers against Maida. So um, you just said, I think we will be 4-2, and two, but I think we will be 4-2. and two. Yes, I think we'll be 4-2, but I also disagree with your assessment of the 4-2. and two. Oh, I think, I think, yeah, expected <laughs> wins against the Orioles is like 3.5 and expected wins against the Dodgers is like 0.5. So if you add it up, it's four. Um, who knows where the four will come from. It's probably going to be two from the Dodgers and two from the Orioles. No That's exactly what's going to It's yes. going to be, we're going to go two and four and we're only going to sweep the Dodgers. Yes, and lose all four to the Orioles. That, that'll that just be the end. That'll be. No, the I end. mean, having Otani gone for the Dodgers series, I mean, that's obviously a detriment to the team. Whenever he's not in the lineup, the lineup is so much less deep. Yeah, uh, it's just it's it's hard to watch whenever it gets to that point. And then you have the pitcher batting as well, and our team just isn't built for that. Our pit pitchers aren't good at it. And then you it's, think you and then probably Goodwin's not going to start, so it's going to be Upton and Calhoun, both of whom are cold. We don't know what Trout's up to. <laughs> Trout is Trout has yeah. ten home runs in his last twelve games, but. He had like a 188 average the past week. Yeah, in the, fa- in the past four games. Yeah, which, so it's home run or nothing. Well, you you know he always starts off slow when he's coming back from injury, so it's hard to read too much into that. Hopefully, he can turn around next year, next week, and he always kills it against the Orioles. Well, the question is: Is he starting off slow because of injury or because he sat so long? And even though he even though he had lobbied against being bench for all that you know i think i think you should do an experiment you should buy the angels and you should sit mike trout when he's healthy to test the (laughs) hypothesis no one will hate you it'll it'll be foolproof everyone will don't worry yes don't worry we'll see plenty of that in september (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) yeah so yeah i think that definitely um if if we do win win in the dodger series i think it'll be against mida there's no way we're gonna be stripling um yeah he's too good yeah, he's he'll he'll just annihilate us. And it's they the Bria game too, so Exactly. And yeah. then against the Orioles, um actually you know what? Um I am definitely gonna say one against the Dodgers and two and three against the Orioles because we're probably gonna see John Means and that's an instant loss. Oh well, let's check that real quick, uh table this for a second at thirty three twenty eight. Because Means didn't pitch today, it was Wodge. Well, we have to know. We have to see if they. It doesn't matter if he pitched today. If he pitched today, we would definitely see him. You know. Oh yeah. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm just dumb. And he. Oh my gosh! He goes Wednesday. Hallelujah! 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 Okay. Well, then never mind. Maybe we. <laughs> we have oh, come. Back, we have come back with important information. John Means, the All Star, who has a 2.95 ERA and the lone bright spot in the Orioles season, is pitching Wednesday against the Diamondbacks. And the 31 and 67 Orioles do not have anyone. Oh, they have Dylan Bundy, I guess. So well, Trowell Bundy's hit. been bad this year. So Trowell hit a home run. I mean, I mean, Wodge could come back and almost no-hit another team. Yeah, but the odds of having two good outings in a row for him. <laughs> he's a th- <laughs> like, I'm like, uh. This is literally what it says on the MLB Pro Bowl website. A thirty-year-old journal journeyman, a thirty-year-old journeyman, 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 <laughs> journeyman. The overall results, though, are lacking. He has a good strikeout-to-walk ratio, which doesn't matter against the Angels because we don't strike out unless you're just nothing. Okay. I feel good. But we also, but we also don't walk very much unless we're forced into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean these these are all these are all these are all righties, right? Everyone's a righty. No one, no lefties. Angel Stadium. We got the trout giveaway on Thursday. We got another trout giveaway on Saturday. And 
morale will be high. The team will be coming home. We'll just have coming off. We'll just have swept the Dodgers, so it'll be a good series. <laughs> we'll have just swept the Dodgers, and we'll split the series against the Orioles. Right, because morale will be high. We 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 should not be too happy. No, the uh, I think I think you're underestimating some of the new Orioles offense. They're um they're not bad at all. Yeah, Mancini homered twice today. You have Hanser Alberto. Yes. You have several guys on the team that are actually pretty threatening now that weren't there earlier in Wait, the season. Wait, what's Mejia's first name? I don't know. You said it earlier. Alberto? So they have Alberto and we have a, a what is it? Alberto? Alberto. Like Alberto Mondesi? Oh, okay. That'll be a fun matchup if he gets the pitch. So we should, in theory, have Canning, Peters... Who went Friday? Wait. So we're skipping someone. Oh, boy. We're going to see Cahill. (laughs) Wait, wait. (laughs) Suarez is not eligible to be called up, right? He was sent down? Man, I'm out of it. Yeah, I think he was for Walsh, and then Walsh was sent down for Peters. Yeah, you're right. So I think Cahill lines up for Saturday. Uh, just so it'll be out. it'll be Canning, Peters, Cahill, and then Pena on Sunday. I still feel good. You're making me feel bad. Yeah, well, you. I feel like we're gonna split this series. You were the, the one Orioles. who undersold it. You predicted three wins instead of four. Now I feel like it's two based on what you've told me. <laughs> All right, make your official predictions. I'm gonna say five and one. Oh God. Okay, I'm gonna say three and three. Now, thanks to you, Jessica's words before we started recording this, when she told us she couldn't make it. What will happen when there's an eternal optimist with an eternal pessimist with no middle ground? Now we know. <laughs> three and three is not that pessimistic. <laughs> mm. Whatever you say, Rick. I'm going to tell you right now, the Orioles, okay, they literally just, hang on, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, which is usually the case, but let me just make sure before I say anything. See, if you take away the 17-6 to Red Sox thrashing of the Orioles, <laughs> the, uh... So you the, mean, I mean, their Baltimore still game. beat the... They're they pitching the series. Their pitching gave up 17 runs to the Red Sox. The Angels have a better offense than the Red Sox, and therefore we will score more than 17 runs per game. No. That's, that's the reading I get. The Orioles won the series. Yeah, exactly. The Red Sox suck. You're not even making any sense. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll just wait till this weekend and then we'll see what we'll see what's going to happen. All right, fine. And next week, we'll be coming up against the trade deadline. It'll be Wednesday, I think at noon, right? Um, um, so not yes. not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. Correct. So this is the last full week that we have. Since we got a bit of time, I wanted to talk about that, actually. Um, so who do you think is going to be traded, um, and who do you think we might be looking to possibly try to acquire? No one. I think no one will be traded. I have said this for the past few weeks i don't think anyone's going to be moved i don't think calhoun's going to be moved he i mean if he were going to be moved this week basically killed all possibility of him being moved he had an ops under 500 and he got benched a few times and he looked disastrous while he was playing so defense still good but i mean if someone wants to trade for him as a fourth outfielder but he can't run too well so i just don't see the value there for anyone i mean i still think he's gonna get traded i mean we may not get we may not get anything for it but i just don't see us i don't see us picking up his option first of all i don't know what other people are talking about when they say that he's been really good this year we should definitely go ahead and do it and that he no, would no, be, no, no. we're not picking up the option I yeah don't. i don't i don't see the point of picking it up it's 14 million dollars um and then on top of that i mean 
if we don't pick up the option and we let him go out the rest of the season, then what do we gain to it? What, what do we gain? We literally gain negative $1 million because we have to pay for him to leave us. Right. It makes no sense. I have, I don't have no I have no idea why we would do that. Right, but any trade and, of Calhoun would probably have us eating money anyway. Which and, is perfectly fine because we, we have to Jared eat money Parker, another way. We dump Cesar Puey. Who's the fourth outfielder right now if he's gone? Fletcher? You're just going to bring up Rojas and start Fletcher and right? I mean, I'm sure that's probably what the team would do. Or they would... Uh, that's what they would do, yeah, probably. That's exactly what they'd probably do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's a good idea, I think. I don't know. And plus plus the whole sentimentality factor. I just don't think Outboy's moving anyone. Of course, there could be another outfielder in, um, I don't know, double A or something like that that they could call up. Right, but he's injured. I mean, hypothetically, if there were anyone in double A, this player would probably get injured at the time when he could be called up. Is he actually injured? I don't know if we ever You were the one who said it. he was injured. Well, I said that Jared Timms said that he was limping and showed the video, and it was probable, but I don't think we ever got official word that he's injured. It was the 10th inning. They were, preca- they were taking precautions. I mean, the, the, I, we'll probably have answers by the time this podcast comes out. So I don't know. It might come out tonight, but... <laughs> all right. All right. Speed demon. <laughs> um, anyone no, but... else? I think that um, I think that it doesn't make any sense not to do it. I mean, keeping him, you pay money. Sending him off, you pay money, but you get something. It's all, I mean, it's it's a no brainer in my opinion. Mm. Another person that I was th- well, yeah, we were thinking about moving Hansel Robles to the. Dodgers I was going to say somebody something. that we yeah. were considering like would yeah. be a good idea would be him. I think the Dodgers would overpay, especially the state their bullpens in right now. I mean, I'd take Joe Kelly if they gave us cash. So, Robles for Kelly and prospects, I'm I'm down. Robles for Kelly, I mean, that's a hell of a deal. No, no, no. But by itself. <laughs> yeah, but what? Why? <laughs> Kelly's had a really bad year, but I mean... You think they would uh... do it straight up? He's getting paid like $8 million a year to suck, and Dodgers fans hate him. I mean, if you, fi- if you fixed him, he's a starter. That's the point. And we need to take <laughs> we we need to do stuff like this. <laughs> if if Billy can make that move happen, oh my god. That plus prospects. You know what? And they can eat they can eat some of it too. They could have Drosian <laughs> too, you know? They could have all the relievers, honestly. They they want to deal with Drosian, sure. I would also take something like um if you could trade maybe like Hansel Robles for something like I don't know. I don't really know what you can rip off rip off of people because I don't know how the Dodgers view their own prospects. Very highly, always. Well, I mean, they have too many good prospects. So yeah, that's the point. You can probably at get some a couple, point you have to spend. You could probably get a couple of lower level guys. I mean, Renhifo wasn't really a high high end guy, right? We traded Crone for him, and he turned out he's he's great. I mean, I think you could still get something pretty solid, like maybe even like not obviously not Jaron Kendall because he was. A high-level prospect, a high-level draftee, but I mean, I think you could get something like top ten prospect from the Dodgers. For Robles, uh, I mean, I'm, they get him for all of next season. They are going to go to the World Series most likely. It's very probable. I'm think, yeah, they don't want to. Well, first of all, there are there are other bullpen guys out there, but the Gi- I mean, the market's thinning. I think because the Giants are suddenly good. They're fourteen and three in July or something like that. And they're not going to trade Melanson, Smith, uh, their guys. Who are the other relievers out there? Oh, um, I don't even know anymore. On the Giants? No, no, no. They, I mean, they're all, they're all doing well on the, the Giants. The, Giant, the Giants aren't going to trade anyone. They're, I think they're going to ride it out now. Oh, okay. So gotcha. it, might be, it might be a seller's market for relievers. And a lot of teams have bullpen issues, like the Nationals, who are in contention. The Braves, Luke Jackson's closing games to the Braves, and he's not been the greatest closer in the world. And I think the Cubs have issues too. I think if we... I don't think we're going to move anyone, but if we looked into the idea of moving Bedrosian, Robles... I don't want to move Buttry, but... Yeah, I, I don't want to move him. Buttry has way too much control. I mean, that's... Yeah. You, that's not somebody you trade. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to get... There's just no upside to trading him. I don't know. Maybe exactly. no. Maybe Noe. I don't think. I don't else... think Noe would guard. I, yeah. I don't think anybody would really get that much except for Robles. To be honest, 
Yeah, and it has as to be far part as the relievers go. Package, so, but Lestel is injured, so maybe. Well, I mean, they get him for next season too, because yeah, you're out of control for next year. Just Robles. I mean, Joe Smith and I'm thinking well, the think Joe about Smith this. and David. What Hernandez did Houston trades. Street get us? I mean, I, I know mean, Houston Street for... had had. You mean obviously we... Houston Street had the uh, track record and everything. You mean when but... we traded for Street? Yeah, exactly. I think what did Lindsay, what did he get for the Padres? Lindsay, right, was the main. I, there I were like know. five prospects we gave. Four. Four. Okay, but there was Ricardo Sanchez. I know that there was Taylor Lindsay. There was another top ten prospect of ours. Obviously, our prospects weren't very strong at the time. Yes, yeah, so but we gave up. We gave up several people for it. Well, I think I think two prospects in the. For example, if you're looking at the Dodgers system, I think two prospects in the eleven to twenty range. And maybe a lower level arm, not Joe Kelly, but I know they have a bunch of guys like Chargewa or however you pronounce his name and some other dudes. I think if we got a major league reliever back in two prospects, that would be a solid return. See, what I would want to do is I would want to try and get somebody like, for example, from the Dodgers, Will Smith. Yeah, it's not happening. I know. I'm just saying, like, I'd want to try and get a catcher. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were talk, talk, targeting high-level prospect. I'm targeting a medium-high. Obviously not Will Smith because he's like a, he's like the fourth-best prospect on a really good team of prospects, obviously. But, I mean, something like maybe Diego Cartaya. Wait, is I mean, he, they have... Is Heaney a free agent? Heaney is still under, is still under arbitration, no. All right, I'll look it up really fast. Okay, Hang on. 4708. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Heaney is ooh, He's a free agent in 2022. Oh, okay. Well, I just, we're going to keep tendering we're going to keep tendering him contracts. I was just thinking if we could package Robles with someone, but the, just looking at the roster there's no one to package. Yeah, I mean, I think that Robles by himself would get a medium tier prospect, like whether 11, it's a pitcher like 11, or a catcher, like an eleven to twenty. Yeah, that's what I think. From yeah, a from, from a good a, team, yeah, from a good farm system, like the Dodgers. Yeah, from a good farm system with eleven to twenty. Yes, because I mean, that's just I mean, he's been one of the best relievers in the American League, in my opinion. Yeah. Every now and then, of course, he loses his control, but when he's on. I mean, he's throws a hundred miles an hour, like on the corner. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's that's, fast. That's kind of hard to beat. Life. Exactly. So I think Hansel Robles would be a, would be a fantastic trade candidate. I think um, personally, when when we did our if I were Epler series, I talked about trading a lot of the arbitration guys like Andrew Heaney. Talked about um, at the time Tyler Skaggs and a few other people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that going around like that, I mean, I don't think that Heaney is necessarily. I don't think he's what we expected him to be. I don't think he would garner as much as we gave up for him either. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, one year but of Howie I, Kendrick isn't the greatest price in the world. I, it was, exactly. It was a good trade, in my opinion. Yeah, for actually. What in, he, in, for his, to project Teeny, I think it was a good trade. Yeah, sorry. I don't think he's worth what the Marlins gave up for him. <laughs> Which was D, wait, D, D, Gordon. D. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. <laughs> that's that what was, I meant to say. I'm that sorry. Was, that was not a good deal for them. Yeah. Um. Well, not the Marlins. I'm sorry. The Dodgers. Dodgers gave up. Never mind. Anyway, the Marlins got. Wait, the Marlins D. got D. Gordon for Andrew Heaney. Yes. Yes, and the, the Dodgers traded him to us for Howie Kendrick. Exactly. That's what I meant to say. But anyway, um, I don't think he's worth D. Gordon anymore. No. But I do think that he is worth a solid prospect. But not now, though. I still think that like the upside is there, and people would be willing to take I a mean, chance and not, try and fix him. Not now, now. Not no one's going to trade for Heaney during the trade deadline. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen oh, yeah, in yeah. the off season. Yeah, definitely, and that's what I always thought too. Um, I think that that would be a really good move. Trading Simmons at this point is now a waste of time. There's no point in it anymore. And no one needs him. Exactly. Uh, Luke Croy won't get anything. He's injured anyway. I mean, there's. We, we basically Calhoun, exhausted all the options we had to trade. It's Robles. Yeah. Yeah, it's Robles. That's it. Or we and could add a starter. You know. wait, it's wait. Robles and Calhoun. And 
I think that waiting on Calhoun was a good idea. Um, because otherwise we were probably just going to have to, you know, release him with how bad he was last year. Yeah. But, I mean, I hope they trade Cal- trade Calhoun for a prospect. I hope they trade Robles, but they won't. Um, because Robles is still under control for another year. They think that they're under, like, they think that they're, like, a year away from contending or something. I don't know. So we're cycling back to my original prediction, which is that no one's getting moved. Do you think that we'll uh, try to acquire anybody, like, through the means of prospects or anything like that? Do you think we'll try to get um, a controllable starter or reliever or player? Not player. We're, we're pretty much good on position players, but do you think we'll try to get a an arm that's controllable like they say they're trying to? No, because the, the price will be too high. You're in a bidding market against other teams, and it's just not worth it right now at the trade deadline. Yeah, I don't think that... Cause, I mean, I think that Adele really is Epler's guy, as they like to say. Yeah. Um, I think that Adele really will stay with the team either way. I think that Brandon Marsh will be considered expendable soon enough and will be traded, but I don't think it's going to be at this deadline. I think it'll be either in the off season or at the next deadline. Yeah. Because Brandon Marsh has no room. Plain and simple. Thanks, Justin Upton. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Brandon Marsh is awesome, by the way. I'm not I'm not complaining about about him or anything like that. I'm just thinking that he's going to be considered expendable. And he's pretty much the only other prospect we have now. Right. Will Wilson's ho- hopefully going to be something. He's doing pretty well in Orem right now. But um, at the moment, we have basically two prospects. Hooray. Right. I, <laughs> there's nothing to say. It's just looking at the state of the team. Our moves are limited. And we just have to ride the season out and see what happens after that. Yeah, it would have been nice if we could have traded Listella, but the unf- that unfortunate injury happened. So or Lucroy, but thanks Mersnick. Lucroy was never anything anyway. <laughs> yeah, but we might have traded him for I don't know some thirty ranked prospect from some team. <laughs> we might have, we might have traded him for like you know the uh, the like I don't even have a joke. Like he just sucks. <laughs> All right, too soon. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hopefully he comes back strong and is healthy. And, yeah. Well, anyway, this has been another exciting episode, very exciting episode, of Halo's Heaven Radio. We're glad you're able to join us today. Please have a great night, and we'll see you guys next week. See ya. See ya.